1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! This time Manning going deep for Beckham Jr. All right, Tom. Now, when I ask you this, I don't want any excuse making. I don't want you saying, but, but, but some this, that, or the other factor. Tom, why didn't you catch the ball on Saturday? <laughs> uh, because and the first word out of your mouth better not be an excuse. I didn't catch the ball on Saturday because of the egregious check swing strike three call on in judges last at bat. He was hitting it on that at bat for sure. He was fouling him off all game straight back to the net, um, which, you know, any baseball fan knows you're, you're just missing it when it's going when you're hitting a line drive straight back to the net. Um, just not squaring it up all the way. And, uh, yeah, that, that check swing call was just terrible. So you cannot you cannot convince me differently that he he was not going to hit it in that at bat had he uh, been able to continue the at bat as he should have been. Sounds like an excuse from where I sit. Well, the only the only answer to your question that's not an excuse is because Judge didn't hit it. But I guess that could be considered an excuse too. That's that's kind of the excuse that I was getting at, and. Listen, it doesn't make it I, any more. I don't okay. know. I don't know where to go here. I, I I'm in a box, and every time I go, I'm in a different corner. I I, I don't know where to go. I'm I'm trying to find my way out of the paper bag right now, and I can't. Well, you've put us all in a paper bag by shipping both me and the listeners out of a clean quarter of a million because that was going in the collective pot. Like that was very pro- true. that was property of the podcast when that came into your hands. Very so you true. And, this act of selfishness didn't just hurt you. It hurt me. It hurt everybody listening to this right now, Tom. No, very true. And also, like, I feel bad for Judge. We would have got him a lot of exposure on the podcast with him coming on here for being a guest, obviously, for catching his home run ball. I just, I did, Dan. You know what? I did. I, I let a lot of people down for not catching that ball. You included the listeners, my family. Um, you know, they deserve better than that. They really do. That's all I was looking for off the jump, Tom. I was just looking for, hey, that's on me. That's really on nobody else but me. There were no external factors at play here at all. It's it's just, you know, you you gotta give the generic like post-game I fucked up interview where you're just like, you know what? It's that's on nobody else, that's on me, and we just gotta go out and do better tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, I, I got nothing else to say. <laughs> okay, so let's so taking a quick step back, let's let's talk about it as a whole. How was the game on Saturday, Tom? It was great. Um, beautiful day. Uh, Yanks were hitting. Yanks won. It was back and forth. Typical Yankees, Red Sox. Um, you know, the, the the only thing was Judge didn't hit it. That that really it, it was a great game. Um, my brother was going crazy in the bleachers. You know, he was he was chirping the crap out of Almonte. Uh, Good. Or, uh, Good. It was, it was hilarious. He was, you know, verbally making love to Harrison Bader's ass. <laughs> um, Tommy Pham caught a little bit of it, although 
uh, I think he got away a little little clean because we were towards center field. However, still within shouting range of, of Tommy. But, you know, he, he got a few uh, fantasy football chirps in there. Wonderful. Uh, it was it was it was funny. You, you had to be there to experience it. I wish we got some video of it. But my brother was on one completely, completely cocked. Given given anyone hell who was in front of him, just would, nonstop for, for the entire game. Nine innings. I give him so much credit. I would have taken video, but it would have just ended up in an evidence file somewhere. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was some of it could not be posted on B2G <laughs> for sure. So the long and the short of it is, yes, the Red Sox got swept in a four gamer by the Yankees who are actively trying to win baseball games to go to a postseason berth. We are not doing either of those things currently. No, that there is actual palpable positivity in the fan base. And it is kind of gross because it is like a very much like you guys move, like just clamoring on to things that don't matter and make you feel better. But there is like actual positivity in the fan base that, hey, at least we didn't give up 61 or 62. That's really that's what's going through Red Sox Nation right now, because and here, let me let me try to rationalize this a little bit. So like. The end of this regular season, basically not even by the start of next season, by the time the postseason starts is going to be in the back of people's minds. It's going to be mm-hmm. on, on the way out. These games in the long and the short of it, it's a good regular season for the Yankees. It's a bad regular season for the Red Sox. Everyone knew that coming in. Everyone knew that leaving the games this weekend. But what we did escape this weekend was a clip that would have played on loop in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It would have been all over ESPN for the duration. Uh, it would have been on every sizzle reel in, at Yankee Stadium for the next three decades, three, four decades. We did avoid getting posterized in a clip that would literally be part of baseball history and would be inescapable for at least a very long time, but would be viewed even decades later. So I'll, I will take it as a small moral victory that we got out of that series without Aaron Judge watching numbers 61 and or 62 sail over the fence with a Red Sox pitcher on the mound. Made even a little bit better by the fact that Judge thought he did exactly that in that first game. Yes. There were he had two that you were like oh shit, and the cameraman even thought it. Oh, the and uh, then Pete Pete Blackburn of the Jared Carabas podcast put it very eloquently today in their pod. Said just the absolute horniest cameramen of all time were on display for for both of those hits. I mean, like he was like, I got the money shot, the the shot that you're talking about that's gonna be played for decades. He was like, I have it. Yep. Yeah, like sitting behind the camera being like, oh my God, this is mine. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm about to have this. And Judge yeah. was thinking the same thing, especially on that one that got caught on the warning track in dead center. I mean, that camera angle, that ball was bouncing off the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, that was and, a Stantonian blast, dare I, I say. And I bet you that the cameraman, he was just going no hands. It's just full erection <laughs> holding that camera third leg that. coming up yeah. and, and and the reason why it was like practically pointed to the heavens 
no, because and uh, but like I don't really blame him because off the bat, those I was like, like I got I jumped up out of my seat watching it from the couch, and I was like, that's it. And then no, warning track, and then the one in uh left field, too. Uh, he, he, it's close, it, I think it's happening this week, it, it has to, it's gonna happen in, in these next few days. Um, yeah, on the road in Toronto. Yeah, like okay, garbage. Like, oh. congrats, bro. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, some some Canadians gonna catch it. And, you know, want it in Canadian dollars, and <laughs> the Yankee the Yankees will probably make out from it because Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar, and it's true. All will be well with the world. No. I, I don't know. It, it, it is. It sucks that it's going to happen there. Probably. I don't even know when the Yankees come back home. I think uh, not for a little while, I think. Maybe the end of the week. If Judge becomes interested in hitting home runs again, yes. I mean, that, that era of his life might just be over. There's, <laughs> we can't rule that out. I mean, at least the Yanks are winning. Looking at recent data, I mean, I just don't know if that guy is interested in hitting balls over the fence anymore. <laughs> I think he's got the longest drought um now since uh between like 60 and 61 which i mean there's only been like it's only happened like seven times but which is like one of those stupid stats but uh when the yanks come home yanks are home on friday against baltimore who he rakes against so if, if he doesn't do it in toronto which honestly i hope he doesn't um it it'll be great to him to do it at home against the Orioles. How many well, there's, well, there's an upside to both here. There's from my, uh, from my um, absolutely negative point of view here. Yeah. If, if he hits it on the road against Toronto, it's on the road. So you're not going to get the crowd pop. That clip's mm-hmm. not going to be great. If he hits it against the Orioles, everyone's going to be like, wait, is that an Orioles pitcher on the mound? That does not count. <laughs> like that that simply does I not dis- count. I, I disagree. If he does it against the Orioles, it's at the stadium. It's gonna be great. Uh and the Orioles are the Orioles are a decent team. Yeah, the Orioles are better than they're, they're not like, like most teams in baseball, the Orioles are better than they're so. they're not laughing stock. Um I mean they don't have any they don't have a DeGrom, obviously, but like who cares? Like if he just hits it, he hits it. I mean over this weekend, he's going to hit it off of Nick Pavetta or he was going to hit off a of rich Hill. Like, yep. you know, it, it, it's all the same. Um, regardless, whoever he's going to hit it off of, if they're not a hall of famer, they're going to be, that's what they're going to be known for. Yeah. It's, it's giving be, up the yeah. judge Homer. Going to be a, a trivia answer forever. Like, right. I, the, the reason I know the name Tim Shields, is that he was the Padres pitcher who gave up the home run to Big Sexy. Mm. And when that happened, I was watching the clip with a friend of mine and said, like he said, remember Tim Shields' name. It'll win you pub trivia one day. For sure. I I never forgot it. For sure. No, those are always those trivia questions that that come out. Um, You're absolutely right. Um, But... I do a bad job with that. I don't really remember those guys. I mean, I know like Jeter's 3000 price, obviously, but like, I'm trying to think back to like, let's see. I was at 
a rod's 500th home run okay i think i think he hit it off of brandon morrow if i remember there you go that's bad because i was at that game i remember he did against the blue jays i'm gonna look this up just to test my uh memory but we can we can move on yeah that's tough um, while i do that did you did you even collect who Pujols hit 700 off of on friday night um uh, from the clip let's see who was it it was i couldn't tell you that one no i don't remember i was also boy howdy belligerently drunk on friday night and i yes, mostly it, it was mostly pat light's fault yeah, it was it, like, man, me, me and Pat Light had a great time Friday night. Um, and people who are listening who don't know who Pat Light is, understandable, are like, oh, that's probably like a friend of Dan and Tom's. No, that is a former Red Sox relief pitcher who I got to hang out with on Friday night. Well, and who well, was buying the whole bar shots all night. Well, friend now. Friend now. Yeah, um, <laughs> we, we had a good time. I just shot him a couple of DMs over the weekend. So who's to say maybe, uh, maybe in the future, but, um, but no, I, I was barely coherent for, for Albert. I was barely coherent for, for Dugo hitting that monster shot off Cole on Friday too. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was a lot of fun things on Friday night that I just missed from being a goddamn degenerate <laughs> and hanging out with fucking Carabas. And uh, that, that was a crazy night. He hit it off of Kyle Davies. Is that right? Kyle Davies, that's for sure a real person. But say Davies, he played for the Royals. This is A-Rod? Was it the Royals? Is my memory deceiving me? Yeah, A-Rod's 500. Or did I see a 600? (laughs) I don't fucking remember. Tom, we got a lot of facts to straighten out here, bud. A lot of facts. I was at the 600. Okay. Somewhat less exciting than ah Sean Markham. Like I know I understand that that six hundred is more, but the thinking you were at five hundred and learning you were at six hundred has got to be like a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, five hundred I feel like is cooler. Five hundred is a cool number. Yeah, it is. Six hundred though is pretty legendary. Like. Well, six hundred is a shitload of home runs. Yeah, that's true. It is a shitload. Oh, you know, you know what a hilarious fact. I think I sent it to you today on Instagram, but I'll share it for the listeners. Um, I think John Boy put it out that Pujols' average home run trot is like twenty six seconds around there. So they multiplied that by seven hundred, and he's <laughs> he's spent roughly five hours just rounding the bases in his life <laughs> for all of the home runs that he's hit. That's pretty funny and hilarious. That's, that's a lot less than I would have guessed. Honestly, only like five hours. Like that is a lot of time, but also yeah. like if you told me like without knowing either of those figures, if you had just asked me how much time has Albert Pujols spent like running around the bases in his life, I probably would have said like a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you you would think. I mean that that's a lot. I mean, what what is the they say like in an average lifespan a male spends one to three years shaving, maybe one year Damn. shaving. Wild, really? It's, yeah, fuck, crazy stuff. 
and that's even well i i'm saving some time on that i mean you know me i only uh only like every two to three days so i'm i'm cutting i'm cutting down on that i'm getting a little bit more of my life back from just my inferior facial hair genes um yeah, me but, too. but when i get to the end of my life hey well hey you got something going right now that's that's I, more I, that's more consistent body than i've ever had i i do right now and this is uncharted territory for me um but I mean, I've just recently got on the needing to shave once a week club. Like I, I, I do not tote uh, good facial hair whatsoever. The ability, the ability to grow it very well at all. I know people who need to shave every day. Yep. Um, and I thank God that I am not that person because yeah. it's just um, an annoying thing that I don't need in my life, you know? And I kind of, I sadly got the, like the worst of both worlds. I do need to shave a couple times a week to keep from getting like itchy and getting like, uh. a little bit of patch. But when I let it go for, I mean, I let it go for last winter and quarantine. I think I let it go mm-hmm. for like three months each. Yeah. And I got, you know, a decent amount going, but it, there was still like a lot to fill in and yeah. it didn't look as uh, luscious as I would have hoped it would. Um, that's why I get to on the sides right here. Um, oh, that's around, around my chin. It's just I just get nothing. You got to have such good genes to get that fill in here. Nothing. And people Ugh. who get it, like, good for you, man. But yeah. I cannot. So, like, I have I have to rock the the mustache with go T combo because that's about all I can do without looking like a, a high schooler who doesn't know what a razor looks like. Like. I, I'm running my finger over that part of my face right now. And you can tell, like, my body has never even considered that hair would be here at any point. No, no. It, it feels yeah. like the it feels like the back of my arm. Like, it's that smooth. <laughs> yeah. Like, not even a place my body was even considering installing hair follicles. Mm-mm. No, our bodies were like, you know what? Maybe maybe he'll be a swimmer eventually. <laughs> We're going to give him as much of an advantage as possible. We're just going to leave this little area just, yep. just completely clean. Let the water just whisk right off <laughs> aerodynamics in the, in the pool. That's one way to look at it. I had never considered how this stacks up for my swimming career. I know we fucked up. Yeah. We should have done it. Swim kids. I feel like we're, they were a different breed. Like they, I feel they're like, a different breed. Them and wrestlers just completely oh, wrestlers completely, were on another planet, dude. Yeah. Completely different planet. Um I, I like soccer ha- they're they're special. Um no, I kind of feel like those two in particular, like I feel like soccer. Oh, they're team, by like, far the, the they're by far the the furthest yeah. on the spectrum. Like soccer sure. team, lacrosse team, like field hockey team. Stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, you're like an athlete, like you play a sport. Mm-hmm. But then, like, if you were a wrestler, it's like, oh, you're a wrestler, huh? Right. It's like it's like its own culture, and it's like like every sport has their own little subculture thing. But like, I feel like wrestling is like the if you go to like a uh, like a house party or whatever, and there's there's always that like one room like you don't really want to go in. <laughs> it's like dark. It's like you go, it's like you open that door by accident. You're like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, and they're they're just in there and they're like looking all weird. You're like, I don't really want any part of that. And you just close the door like that. That's what that is. 
and that shit sticks with you for life too. Like one of our one of our most faithful listeners, shout out Dave Varian. I know he's listening right now. He was a big wrestler back in the day, and every year he's like in our group chat, like, bro, what do you mean you guys aren't watching the NCAA wrestling tournament right now? Like it's the most <laughs> electric thing on TV the entire year. I mean, yeah, that, that that sounds like every hockey fan too. If they're non hockey friends, they're that like, too. "What do you mean the, the the cups on? Like, this is amazing." They'll, not even the cup. They'll be like, "What the fuck do you mean you're not watching World Juniors right now?" Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Facts. It's on like it's on ESPN eight, the Ocho. And yeah, and they're staying up till four a.m. to watch it in Slovenia or whatever. What do you mean you don't you don't have TSN? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? you you don't have the center ice package. Come, come on. Like you Dude, like an, sports, an absolute unspeakable luxury on the cable box growing up. Like I remember Fast. going, going past like all the center ice cha- uh, channels on the guide and being like, damn, what a life that must be. Oh my God. There was, I don't know what it was. It was like the episode of friends when Chandler and Joey have free porn, but <laughs> I because that's literally what it is, but it was um, at 3203 in college in our apartment. Uh, I was flipping through the channels and just uh, one day there wasn't the, you know, you do not have this service with like the, the puck and the ice behind it and everything making you wish you were watching a hockey game. There was hockey. on, <laughs> And I was like, holy shit. I was Which- I was. Which, by the way, I was scared to even be on that channel with the puck and the ice and the music because it felt like it was very similar energy to when you hit the internet button on your flip phone. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, my, my parents are going to get charged $75 yeah. for me even being here, dude. Right, right. It's just the anxiety of just being on it. Um, I don't know why we had it. I, I might have been like a just a little free promo, a little taste to get the hook in you and get you to pay for the full subscription because i didn't have it forever um but it was like the it was also like peak i was like peak draft kings so i was like setting my my nhl lineups and then watching them and it's just the ultimate satisfaction if anybody knows like with betting how big it is now it's just so much fun to do it with with skin in the game um and then i was i was definitely a sad boy when it went away it would only make sense for like a, a few nights a year when the, the bill is like really, really stacked, but boy, like an NHL red zone would be. Oh something. yeah. And yeah. NHL red zone is, is fun. I'm, I'm telling you, Dan, it, it's some of the most fun I've ever had in my life was when I had that free NHL center ice man. And I was just like, like, yeah. Hawks wild. At nine o'clock, absolutely. Followed by oh, and we got Kings Oilers. Hell yeah! <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'll watch the McDavid. Absolutely, dude. There is uh, a Twitter account we cite often on this podcast. Fucking not Danny Heatley, the Heat Daddy. Um, <laughs> he had a tweet like three years ago that resonated with me so hard. It was just like, man. Sometimes I just randomly get pissed off because I missed all of Anze Kopitar's career because I was a fat little slut who had to wake up and solve for X the next morning. I could have been watching Pacific <laughs> Division my entire childhood. What a fucking waste of time. Facts. Facts. It's, it's what goes with everybody. And now McDavid, you know, 
the, by the way, the free McDavid crowd needs to be louder. Talk to me. Like I, I just, and I'll retweet that with the free Mike Trout crowd needs to be louder. Um, just like we, we're just being robbed of these guys' careers, just being on franchises that are going nowhere. Yep. On top of the time zone difference. And like, like Mike Trout playing in one playoff series and it was his rookie year. Yeah. In 2011, this entire time. Yeah. That stinks. Um, I will be straight up. When you said free McDavid just now, I thought, wait, did, you, did, did he get like emailed? Like, did he get suspended for cheating on his girlfriend? <laughs> did he get emailed? <laughs> like, did, did they also just decide that cheating on your girlfriend is like a year suspension for him too? Yeah. I mean, I know email was different because it was like in the organization or whatever, but. I was like, wait, what do you mean free McDavid? <laughs> I thought yeah. it was just a TMZ video. <laughs> no, no, no. Free, get him out of Edmonton. Um, yeah. Um, well, speaking of that, I feel like we should probably talk about that. Dude, the fucking email news this week. And yeah. like, I, want, about, I wanted your thoughts on that. You talk about something that comes out of left field, not only because it is such an unusual thing. So, but, but because it was Ime Udoka who was doing it, who is like from all of our optics so far of the guy, like the most buttoned up team guy, like keep everybody on board, keep everybody focused. Let's go and out and do our jobs today. Nope. It wasn't but, very buttoned up. I guess that's not. for sure. Oh it, yeah. That, that was for damn sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. I just gotta be a little careful with my word choice there. <laughs> um, but uh, I will say there's definitely a lot more to the story that we don't know yet. Pretty much all we know is that um Udoka cheated on his wife with someone who was within the Celtics organization. And the reason he is suspended for a year as of now, Ime Udoka, the Celtics current head coach, is because it was either in their contracts or a team policy that fraternizing with somebody within the organization is a big no-no. And granted, that is usually a no-no at most places that you'll go work. Like most places do either frown upon that or, you know, you have to disclose it in advance. So like everyone's aware of it. Um, But usually when those situations get found out and everything was consensual and it was just a regular relationship, you're usually talking like a pretty light discipline. Like you're thinking like if you work in a regular office, it may just be like, um, if you get caught, it's like, okay, don't do it at the office. And if you're going to go out, like you got to be super out of sight, out of mind, but you got to be professional when you're here. Mm-hmm. Or if it's an ongoing thing, uh, I think the worst that might happen is like, you're forced to break it off and maybe like, you know, suspended or dock pay for like a very short period or something. That's how it usually works in the real world. Like it is frowned upon, but if, worst comes to worst and you do get caught doing it. And of course, obviously when everything's consensual and everything, and it's just a regular relationship again, that all changes. If any of that changes, obviously. But when, when it comes down to that, it's usually like just a slap on the wrist. And honestly, like it's not that bad of a thing. It's something that's borderline, even like bad. Like it's something that I don't think is even inherently negative. Like I, I, have never been too keen on that overview that coworkers can't, you know, go out for a drink romantically if they don't want to. 
but it really makes me think that the way we see it right now, the punishment does not fit the crime, which is why I'm waiting for more on this story to come out. Yeah. It seems like there's a little bit more to it. Um, then, cause like since one is a team or an organization, a league, this strict on something, this, not illegal nope what he did you know like and we've seen we've seen harsher pun or or, uh, less harsh punishment for people that have done illegal things correct non-consensual things yes deshaun watson is out for what 60 percent of the season he's going to play this season and he may can't even coach this season right and it's it's wild reiterating deshaun's was a league disciplinary action Ime was the organization saying you violated our internal rules and we're suspending you, not the league. It's not like Adam Silver is being like, you had a relationship with somebody inside the organization. You're not going to play this year. So those are different cases. I do want to keep that at the forefront of everybody's mind, but it's just weird. It's really weird. The, it is all of the concrete information we have right now does not seem to gel with each other. I don't think anybody thinks if it just stays exactly what's on the table right now versus in terms of what happened versus exactly what's on the table right now, punishment wise, those two things just don't mix. Um, no. So my thoughts are, I'm kind of just waiting. Um, I, I, I have a feeling we're going to have a, a full view of whatever this situation is by opening day. I mean, when the Celtics go to camp, it's going to be the number one story. There's going to be people prying everywhere. So I guess we'll find out, but for now sucks. That it, it's going to suck not having Ime Udoka behind the bench for the Celtics. And I think that takes them from a, they, they were the betting favorite to win it all this year uh, ahead of this news. And I imagine that takes a big hit now, mm-hmm. but it, it, it just sucks. It does. I, I view it as this is the Celtics really playing into their image as a franchise their values, their code, all of that. And they're really sticking to that to be like, yeah, we don't condone or we don't stand for this like immoral, I guess, because it's again, not illegal, Im- like immorality, I guess. And they're being a little bit, I think they're, they're trying to put up a, um, Kind of like what the NFL does, where it's like they put on this face of like, this is what we stand for. This is what it is. Kind of like how what the, the NFL does with like all the uniforms. They have to be like this way. They're 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 really sticking by their their rules here, yeah. which um, I get. I think if they're written down, follow them. Fine, but I, I think this is a little. Maybe I would say extreme just because when you, like I said, when we look around the league, when we look around other sports um, to see what guys are getting away with, it's just, it's just crazy. And I want to think about like, do you think that, you know, this guy is the coach of the team. Um, Does this coming out impact how he is as a coach at all? I think the answer is no. 
I don't think this impacts the locker room at all. I don't think it, it has anything to do with anything other than the image of the Boston Celtics. I hope not, man. But you you kind of know how this goes. Like, if you take a handful of guys and you ask them, you know, if your best friend cheated on somebody, like, how mm-hmm. would you view them from here on out? And you right. would get every answer from, I really don't care, that's his business, up to, you know, I couldn't really associate with somebody who has, like, that none of a moral compass. Right. So it, it kind of depends on how a lot of guys kind of view this saga and how Ime fits into it specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to say, just just to kind of put a bow on things, is that I, I've been kind of dancing around whether this is even immoral behavior. Because when you used immoral behavior, I was like, maybe not even that. But I would like to put it out there that really when it comes down to it, any relationship where there's a, pa- a power dynamic involved, it's the lines get blurry there. They, they really do. So I, I think what I said earlier that it might not even be immoral, what we have right now, that, that might not be true depending on how much the power dynamic was involved in their relationship, but you have to assume that it was to some extent, right? Because he's the head coach of the team and we don't know who this woman was in the organization. We have Very to, true. we have to assume that it's, you know, somebody who is probably a direct subordinate to him, somebody mm-hmm. who was working with the team below him and his coaching staff. So I, I, I would have been remiss if I didn't mention that I'm still waiting for more information to come out on this case, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the biggest piece that we're missing. Who was this person? Yeah. That, that, that definitely impacts the reaction um, and the discipline that the, uh, Celtics are going to, you know, put on this um, because it that does play a factor. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. One more quick topic before we head out on this. Not quite bite sized but a little shorter than usual B2G this week. Um, dude, Mac Jones is going to miss some time for the Patriots. Uh, Patriots all around. Up until the fourth quarter, we're playing a phenomenal game yesterday. They were really getting that offense clicking. They were doing a lot of things that I've been waiting to see them do all year. They were getting Johnny Smith involved. They were hitting Hunter Henry over the middle. They were giving Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne an opportunity to take the top off the offense. Like they were taking the shots that they do have some of the playmakers to do. And it was working for them. I mean, they had, it was a back and forth game pretty much the whole time. And I think, Going into the fourth corner, I think the the Patriots were in a favorable position to win that game there. Um, Unfortunately, the turnover battle goes to shit. uh, And by the end, Mac has a 300-pound lineman rollover on his ankle, and he leaves the game in fucking agony. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen an NFL player be that hurt or freaked out on the field before. Like, I really can't think of an instance where I have. Really? Not, not even like Alex Smith or anything like it was that well, we bad? didn't see any of Alex Smith. They like, um, what do you mean? Wait, are we what? I'm sorry. Alex Smith got hurt at practice, right? And no, I'm thinking of fucking Teddy no. Bridgewater. My bad. Yeah, dude. I'm yeah. thinking no, of Teddy Bridgewater. No, you're good. Um, Alex Smith. Yeah, he got hurt during a game. And I remember watching that and most of the camera angles were just guys like on knees, like just 
waiting for him to be carted off. Yeah. I forget how much we actually saw on TV of that. They, the, well, like the injury itself, from what I remember, was like they didn't show it on TV because it was so right. bad. Right. Um, so you didn't see that. You didn't get like the, uh, it wasn't like the Paul George injury when you like, you see his like break in half. Mm-hmm. Um, or like there's, there's been some other injuries. I remember watching Marshawn Lattimore, uh, who's running back in the NFL for a little while, played at South Carolina, was an absolute stud. And he got hit like helmet to knee. And Ugh. his, he got spun around and where his like leg was up in the air. And it was just, there was just nothing holding it. It was just flying around. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. He tore like multiple ligaments and sure enough, full tear of his ACL, full tear of his MCL yep. and like completely changed the trajectory of his career. Um, like there's just some, it, it's like, you can't look, but you can't look away at the same time mm-hmm. stuff. But um, yeah. So what is the injury with Mac? What, what did it, it come out to be? So the MRI hasn't come back yet. The Patriots are leaning towards a particularly severe high ankle sprain, which high ankle sprains are a mixed bag. Um, You have guys who miss two weeks and then just come on back. Then you have guys who, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think ever like fully recovered from his high ankle sprain that hurt his mobility for his entire career. And was one of the factors behind him not really being able to play physically anymore. Um, But they, they're back and forth on whether he's going to need surgery um, the, if, if it is a surgery for a high ankle sprain that thankfully has a pretty short recovery time, he'll be back, you know, in a handful of weeks. But, uh, again, the MRI results still aren't back. There could be ligament damage and, you know, it's, I don't want to say it, but there's a possibility he could be out for the season. Um, we just don't know a lot of that right now, but the only thing ahead of me right now is the fact that we are going to have to play. Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi against Aaron Rodgers in six days. Your favorite, Brian Hoyer. Yep. Friend friend of the pod, for sure. He's got one of the best jobs in, in America, man. Like, yeah, that, I feel like that backup quarter quarterback position for the Patriots, just it, it's the, the lockiest lock on that lineup. Well, he it's has Hoyer. Hoyer <laughs> it is Hoyer, but he has had to come into some, his timing has been pretty shit the last couple of years because when cam got COVID Mm. they were going to Kansas city the next week. And now cam gets his ankle rolled on and guess what? We're getting on a plane to fucking Lambo in two days. Like, (laughs) Oh boy. Like you can just please give me, give me the jets or something, dude. Like (laughs) yeah, with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I'm honestly, I, I think Bill will start Hoyer. I'm hoping we get to see a little bit of Zappy. Uh, we did uh, spend a fourth round pick on him. It would be nice to kind of see what we have in a real game situation. Um, Patriot fans do have brain worms. Uh, we, we know that they think everything that happens is part of a storyline or like, like a page in a storybook. And people, I, I literally saw a tweet yesterday that was like, everybody thought, Mac was the next Brady, but turns out he's the next Drew Bledsoe and Bailey Zappi is the next Brady. (laughs) 
So Pat fans have brain worms. Uh, if they're right, that'd be fucking cool. If Bailey comes out and just absolutely fucking hog ties Aaron Rodgers, that would be pretty cool. Um, but God damn it. It's like every, every sports brain in this city is so busted. Everything is like part of a, everything. Like, I think I've phrased this before, but, um, every bad thing that happens to a Boston team, people just see it as part of a world series DVD. Like, you know, the part of the world series DVD where like, it seemed impossible and yeah. like, Oh, mm-hmm. we hit a real low point this season. And it, it felt like we were never going to come back. From yeah. It. Like yeah. everything bad that happens in Boston sports. Yeah. In the eyes of Boston sports fans is part of a world series DVD. Yeah. What what seemed to be the end was really just the catalyst for the liftoff. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, literally exactly. And it's like, no, sometimes fucking bad shit happens to you, and it's just because bad shit happens to you, and it's and it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like well, I, like I don't when they like fucking signed Cam, and it was like former MVP coming off of some dark years and flashes of the fumble in the Super Bowl that he didn't die for. But the redemption tour comes to New England and he's going to win MVP again and he's going to take us to a Super Bowl. Like, that, oh my that's, God. That's what winning does to you, though. It I know. Makes, and I'm not going to say I was innocent. I was thinking the same fucking thing when we saw yeah. Cam. I, I, I don't blame you. I would, too. It's more fun to think that way. Exactly. <laughs> it, at the end of the day, it's just more fun to live that way. It's just more fun to be fucking delusional. I really wish I could apply more of that to my real life because in my real life, I am such a worrier and mm-hmm. everything is so catastrophic in my mind. Mm-hmm. I wish I could apply my sports mind to my real life a little bit where it's like, okay, I got fired. There you go. I'm going to lose my apartment. Uh, my dog got hit by a car, but in two years from now, I'm going to be living in a penthouse and a CEO. Like I got to move back with the parents, but it's all good. Cause we'll be spending some quality time together. Exactly. Like <laughs> I'm going to help my mom find herself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> be like uh, it, uh, it's been 55 years uh, and she hasn't found herself yet. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen there. <laughs> like, she but has no, found herself. No, She's been the same person since she was 31. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. here I am. I'm going to try. She's perfectly content living the life that she's living with my, with my, <laughs> with my dad. She's like, yeah, but I no, found, I'm a changer. I, I found myself. I have two grown kids. I like, I'm done. Like, not only yeah. am I not, am I through finding myself? Right. I found myself and myself is done. Like, <laughs> I don't, I can't stress enough how much I don't need this. I can't stress enough how much you need to just go out and find a job. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, uh, any last words for the people, Tom, before we wrap up this week? No, man. Um, I think, I think Judge does it by the, the time we have our uh, next episode out. Okay. What day? What day? He's going to do it. Uh, he's going to do it. Well, no, we'll have this episode out probably on Thursday. I think Thursday, he does it on yeah. Friday. Okay. I'm, I'm saying he's doing it against the Orioles. So never mind to what you just said. 
Um, um, yeah, I meant like next, next episode, but. Oh, okay, um, cool. Type shit, because this is oh, technically right. not out yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we are living in the past here. Um, one last thing before we do go. I got envelopes, people. You hear, the, you hear this paper rustling around? I got fucking envelopes. Uh, I got stickies. So okay. I have the, yeah, dude, there we go. I have the first wave of B2G sticker orders in my hand right now. I have a couple more left to do for tomorrow. I had to hit a couple people up for addresses. But by the time you're listening to this on Thursday, if you ordered stickers, uh, they will either be in your possession as you're listening to this, or they will probably be in your possession by the end of the weekend. Um, so thank you again to everybody who bought these. We're probably, we still have some left over. We're probably going to do another wave at some point. Uh, but for right now, I'm uh, going to go ahead and close these orders and get these out to the good folks who ordered them. Uh, but if you missed our post and haven't ordered your stickers yet, we will do another wave in the future because we still do have some laying around. Oh, and I do want to say one thing. Um, when you get your stickers, take a picture where you put it. Take yes. a picture with it. Um, Please. Take a picture of the location you put it, the object you put it on, whatever, and send it to us. Um I want to, I want to post them. I want to see where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put them in public and I'm in the area, I'll try to make a little pilgrimage to them, <laughs> take a picture with it. Uh, it'd be fun. So I think we're going to, uh, I plan to put a little bit of my personal stash around, see if people could, could spot them. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a fun time. Hell yeah, dude. Well, enjoy these stickers as you're getting them. Um, thank you again for spending a quick 45 of your week with us this week. If you haven't gone ahead and given us that follow on Spotify, if you haven't gone ahead and given us that five-star review on iTunes, if you haven't gone ahead and followed us on Instagram at between two gardens pod at between the number two gardens pod, that shit helps out way much more than, you know, but you knew that already. You listen regularly. Um, thank you guys all again. Uh, judge is going to do it this week. We just don't know when I think I'm in agreement. I don't think we get out of this week without that shit happening, especially after going four games against the miserable Red Sox on a cold streak. I feel like he's going to be swinging out of his shoes every time he gets into the plate, which will lead to some very comical Aaron judge strikeouts, which I personally enjoy, but it will also probably lead to some classic Aaron judge home runs which other people tend to enjoy. Uh, so whatever side of the fence you're on, enjoy it all. Enjoy the week. And we'll catch you next time. One-two pitch. Red Sox win.